Hey, welcome to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm Asli Maslow, a brand coach, speaker, author, marketer, and the founder of Pretty AF and the Babel Boutique. I help entrepreneurs going from living paycheck to paycheck in a job they hate to thriving in a career and life they love. This is your place to learn from me and other entrepreneurs that are Pretty AF inside and out. We get into how to create income doing what you love while finding balance between your wellness, beauty, travel, and philanthropy. If you're ready to get inspired and have actionable steps to build the life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Men are like biologically, naturally, they're hunters. So if a guy disappears for three days, He's just not that into you. They don't do that. Men that are really into you Mm -hmm. don't ignore you for three days. Right. They just don't. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Pretty AF podcast. I'm your host, Asley Maslow, and that clip was from Kelly, who I interviewed on this episode. She's the creator behind the blog 40 Young, and she tells it like it is. She gives her best tips on how she grew her Instagram to over 28,000 followers and how she got her family on board with her shift from full-time mom to full-time blogger, how she got over her fear to launch and all her best pretty AF tips including tips for relationships, travel, wellness, and beauty. Let's dive in. Yes, absolutely. So um, in February of 2019, I launched my own blog, 40 Young. Um, I'm a huge Instagrammer, and I noticed kind of like this really big demographic for women like 35 and above that was missing. Um, Lots of bloggers in their early 30s, young children, little children, I should say, and I just felt like there was this market that was really underrepresented um, for like the moms that have like some older kids, some, a little more experience with life and children and raising children and marriage and that kind of thing. And I just kind of thought I was going to go for it. I had thought about launching the blog for about two years and um, I kind of hemmed and hawed about it. Like, oh, should I do it? Should I not? And finally, like right after my 40th birthday, I was like, I'm going to do this. So that's where I am. Nice. So... Um, previously you've talked about that before you started the blog, you were a full-time mom. Yes. Can you talk about your transition from only focusing on being a mom to doing both? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been a harder transition than I could have ever anticipated. Not really for me so much, um, but for my kids, because my kids were just kind of used to having me at home and at their kind of beck and call. Um, so it's been a little bit harder for them to transition through this than me. I've always been someone that like works really hard and gets done what I need to get done no matter what. Even as a stay-at-home mom, I was like hyper-organized, very focused, um, very driven, even as a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. So for me, the transition hasn't been that difficult, but for them, it's definitely been been harder because they're just used to me being very accessible to them. And you know, as a working mom now, I'm not as accessible as I used to be, so. Do you have any tips for other women that want to either start their career or jump back in it, and they yeah. have kids that they kind of need help helping them with that transition? Yeah, I think um, I think realizing, first of all, that, like, you're not going to be able to do everything that you used to do as a stay-at-home mom is, is key. Um, you know, sitting down with your kids and having that conversation saying, 
you know, this is, this is something that, you know, mom is going to be doing and, you know, I'm not always going to be as accessible as I used to be is important, but I think there's always going to be that transition period, um, where you're just kind of like fumbling around and trying to figure it all out and keeping everybody happy. At the same time, I think if it's something you're passionate about and something you really want to do, it's something you should do, but know that that transition might be a little bumpy and, you know, getting other people involved with helping you, you need to have help or, you, you know, it just won't, it just won't work. So getting help and having conversations with the kids and realizing that you won't be able to do everything you did before Mm -hmm. would probably be my like three biggest tips. Okay. Do you get help with the house or the kids or your blog? Where are you getting help? I do have some help. I have have help um, about 10 hours a week. Um, that comes to the house and does like laundry and like basic cleaning up around the house. Um, I was finding that like no one had clean underwear and socks and that kind of thing. So that was definitely um, an issue. So I, I am blessed enough to be able to have somebody to come into the house. She comes a few hours, a few times, sorry, a few times a week and kind of does that stuff for me. And that's, that's been huge. Um, my blog is pretty much run exclusively by me. I handle all my social media. I do pretty much, I pretty much do it all yeah. besides the laundry, <laughs> which I hate anyway, so. <laughs> Outsource what you hate. <laughs> yes, I mean, you have to, and, um, you know, my husband has a super intense career, um, so we're actually looking into getting an au pair to help with the kids sometime soon, really for driving, driving yeah. to and from practices, because it's just a huge time suck that I can't be productive during, so that that's huge. That's yeah. really huge. And, you know, my role as a stay-at-home mom is still very much, um, you know, I'm the one that takes the kids to the dentist. I'm the ones that stay home. I'm the one that stays home when the kids are sick. I'm the one that, you know, drives them to the practices and all those things. And all those things chop up your day a lot. It's really mm-hmm. hard to get some momentum without an extra set of hands because right. I work from home. Yeah, that makes sense. So you've talked about before that you had been letting fear kind of stop you from starting yeah. the blog because you're worried about what other people might think. So, so um, I come from a super traditional family background. Um, my dad worked, my mom stayed home and, you know, I always kind of thought that's what I was going to do the rest of my life. I surprisingly became pregnant when I was 18 in high school. So um, I, at that time was kind of like a mom, a college student and I worked. So um, I had those three things going on for me and um, I, realized that like I really loved staying home but I wanted to graduate from college so I did that and then I decided to stay home and we decided to have more children and it just became you know what I was going to do forever and I loved it and I really loved it and then we I decided I wanted to launch this blog and there was a lot of pushback from like some family members like you don't really need to do this you make enough money you have enough money it's you know kind of like why are you doing this what's the point of this you know and My point all along through this, since I launched the blog, was just wanting to help other women kind of realize their potential and know that, like, even if you are a mom and even if you have stayed home for a bunch of years, if you want to, you know, start a career at 40, you can do that. And it was hard at first, though. I won't lie. It really was. Um, You know, my parents just don't understand the whole social media thing. So, you know, they kind of thought I was just doing this for attention 
they're coming along though. They're coming along. And pushback from my husband too. Um, you know, having that role as a stay-at-home mom and runner of the house, you know, comes with a lot of responsibility. And some of those responsibilities have been kind of flung onto him through this whole process. So mm. um, that was that was a little bit of the pushback too, as well. And again, from my kids. So um, I was afraid that, that would be the reaction, and it was the reaction. But this is something that I had to do for myself. And I'm still a great mom and I'm still a great wife. I'm still a great daughter and sister and all those things, but this is something I had to do. So, so how did you handle the pushback? What did you do to deal with it? Um, you know what? I kind of just took a hard stand with it. Like I'm doing it. So you have to accept it or not. And that's up to you if you don't, um, but it's not going to change the outcome. I'm still going to do it. So, um, that was kind of the stance I took. I mean, I Mm -hmm. think in these situations where you want to do something, maybe, other people don't understand, you kind of do have to take a hard stand with it because you'll easily be persuaded the other direction. And I just, I wasn't having it. So. Yeah. So I think to people that kind of want to do something that they're scared to, your kind of tip is to just, once you decide you're going to do it, like. Yes. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Don't teeter. Don't, don't, you know, don't kind of placate to that. Don't kind of be like, well, maybe you're right. You, once you kind of dive in, you have to stay there. You mm-hmm. have to just do it because people that don't like it will see it as kind of like, well, yeah, I'm changing her mind. And if it's something you're super passionate about and something you don't want to give up, then you kind of have to make that stand. Yeah. So Pretty AF is a lot about giving back and being Pretty AF in the inside as well as the outside. Yes. Um, yes. So I kind of want you to talk about ways that you give back and kind of what makes you want to do that? Yeah. So um, about three years ago, my husband and I got involved with um, this campaign called the Man and Woman of the Year. It's with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, LLS. And um, it's basically like there's three guys and three girls that compete to raise the most money for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. So I had each person that's running forms like a team under them. So I was on one team with one of the ladies and my husband was on a team with one of the men that were doing it. And, um, it quickly became a super big passion of ours because we would go to events. We would see children with leukemia. We heard story after story of these families and the financial stress that it would put on them. And, um, it really kind of changed us. So we've been heavily involved in that for the last three years and we love it. We really do. It's, it's near and dear to our hearts. My husband and I also really love mentoring people in their twenties. It kind of brings us like a little bit of joy work. My husband and I are super young thinking, but obviously we have the wisdom that comes with age. Mm -hmm. So we've been super fortunate to hook up with some younger people and kind of mentor them through relationship issues and work issues and kid issues because we just have like a different perspective now being in our forties. Those two things are really important to us and we hope that we can, you know, continue to keep doing those things. As far as uh, mentoring, how do you find people that you want to mentor? How do they find you? So, yeah. So when I kind of dove into this blogging thing, um, I obviously didn't know a ton about social media and kind of the back end side of things for it. Mm -hmm. So I actually went to a social media conference. I was the oldest person there. (laughs) Um, It was in Miami. And so I met these young people and truly I was inspired by their, their motivation and their want to do better. But I also felt like a lot of them were looking up to me for advice as far as like how to do this with a wife, with a husband, with children. And so I kind of fell into it. And at that time, my husband really wasn't into social media. So there was another event a few months later, I drugged him there. And he met <laughs> these young people. And I know I literally drug him there. Like I was like, you're going, 
you need to grow your business this way. <laughs> uh, and so he came along with me and he met the same people and just instantly, we just have like this instant connection with younger people. Um, you know, and we, we really love it. Like we connect with them through Instagram a ton. People are always sending us DMs, young people. Like I really look up to you once they hear our story and know our story. Um, and we just try to stay connected that way through email, text message. We're really just, we're open to it all. We love it. We really mm-hmm. do. I have two follow-up questions on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned yeah, that I- you brought, you convinced your husband to go with you to a conference. How did yes. you do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't easy, let me tell you, you know. Um, you know, like I said earlier, he was had a little bit of pushback about me doing this and the social media thing. Um, and so after I got back from the conference, I talked to him. He, uh, my husband actually owns and runs a car dealership, and their social media was lacking in every department. And I said, listen, like, you need to get on board with this because this is the future of advertising pretty much in marketing, you know, mm-hmm. or at least a, a small part of, or not a small part, a big part of it is the social media presence. You know, I kept at it, kept at mm-hmm. it. And he finally started to see like the changes in my Instagram and the impact I was making on people and people reaching out to me. And he was like, okay, I'll go. So <laughs> he went and he came back from that meeting saying, thank you so much for taking me. And within a few months of implementing some of the stuff that we learned there, his business really, really grew. I mean, they, they sold the most cars they ever sold wow. in a month. Uh, a couple months later. So um, that was huge. Convincing him wasn't easy, but I just kind of said, you need to do this if you want to stay in business forever, because there's a lot of people in business, more traditional businesses, especially like car dealers that aren't buying into it. And they're just going to be left in the dust. Right. So So you really kind of focused on what he would get out of it. Yeah, I did. I did. And because I knew it was a good business move. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, Although I haven't worked my whole life business-wise, I'm pretty intuitive. I grew up, um, my dad owned a business, so I heard about it then. And then I married a businessman and heard about it then. So I know a lot about business. I just haven't, you know, traditionally worked in like a business environment. Right. Okay. Um, So your Instagram, you have quite a few followers. So, and you've mentioned that you've gone to a few different conferences so yeah. I was wondering if you could give us maybe your top three tips on yeah. how to I'll grow. Yeah. Difficult platform right now to grow on. I will say that to start. Mm-hmm. Um, it is difficult. It is Instagram, the algorithm, whoever is in charge makes it pretty difficult. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I think right now the top, the top three things are one is authenticity on one Instagram. I think people want to see you as a real person and not just pretty pictures. Mm-hmm. Although I do love the aesthetic of Instagram. I do try to keep my regular posts pretty aesthetically pleasing because I think people do still go there to kind of like as an escape. I use my stories to kind of show the other side of things that, you know, my blogger life isn't nearly as extravagant or wonderful <laughs> as sometimes my walk and make it seem. Um, I'm just a real person. So I think being real is super key. Um, I also think staying in contact with your followers and interacting with them and, you know, commenting on their posts and also commenting on the things that they say on your posts, answering DMs, those things are really important. It's important to build relationships on there. It's not really just about, you know, liking pictures. Right. And the third thing I would say, and this is, this isn't really something, you know, this is something that takes money is promoting posts. I mean, I think the way Instagram is right now, promoting posts is pretty important. 
I mean, I mm-hmm. think I'm not sure exactly what's going to end up on Instagram. It might end up being a, a paid platform for businesses at some point because you can just see, even from when I first started, as far as reach goes, your reach just gets less and less without promoting. So I, tr- mm-hmm. I do promote some of my posts mostly to people in my demographic, women over the age of 30. Sometimes I'll go a little lower depending on what it is, but that's important now, unfortunately. Yeah. I've actually, I've never promoted any of my posts before, so that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's really important. I mean, I, talking with enough people in the social media realm that mm-hmm. do this for a living, you know, the future of Instagram is a little uncertain right now. Right. So I think it's, right. I think it's super, I also think it's super important to have your brand outside of Instagram uh, because unfortunately my Instagram was actually hacked um, about a month and a half ago. Oh no, I guess it was over like uh, Labor Day weekend and it took me two weeks to get it back. I had to pay someone else to get it back. So um, I had lost that footing in the Instagram world. And of course my reach and my numbers dropped way down. So you have to have something outside of Instagram that people can go to and find you and find your, and find your stuff, you know? So building a brand outside of Instagram is super, super important nowadays. Mm -hmm. I would say anyone that is going to start a blog or launch a podcast or any of those things, you have to build your brand outside of Instagram. It's just not enough to be an Instagram influencer anymore. Yeah. I always tell people that they need to focus on building an email list versus a social platform because the social platform, their algorithm could change or they could disappear and you have no control over it or you have to suddenly pay. Exactly. And think about how Facebook used to be. Everyone was on Facebook, you know, and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden Instagram came along and everyone kind of gravitated towards that. What's the next new big social media? Who knows? A lot of people are saying LinkedIn and TikTok. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are ones that I'm slowly trying to to get a hold of. Um, You know, there's only so many hours in the day, unfortunately. I still think Instagram is the biggest platform, but I think we might see a shift in that in the next coming years. So. Yeah, cool. So um, I kind of want to jump into your best tips to be yes, pretty AF. <laughs> um, so first, let's go with your best travel tip. Okay, so my best travel tip, I really like this one, and I get a lot of reaction whenever I post about it. So I'm a huge pre-planner before I travel as much as I can be. So I like to lay out outfits before I go, like shoes, jewelry, the whole shebang, mm-hmm. and take a picture of it to save. One, I think it prevents overpacking because I am notorious for overpacking. I still take a lot of stuff, but now that I'm a blogger, I have to take a lot of stuff. But having the outfits pre-planned before I go just saves a lot of stress while being away. And it also, like I said, prevents overpacking. And then, so I take the picture and then when I get there, I remember what goes with what. You know, sometimes you pack and you put your shorts in one pile and your pants and your jewelry's in a bag. And Mm -hmm. so once I get there, I can just pull that picture up and know like exactly what I'm going to wear with what jewelry and shoes and everything. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I like that one. It's probably my favorite travel tip. And then you don't <laughs> have to... When you travel nowadays with flying, you have to be patient. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to stress about figuring out what you're going to wear when you're there. Right. It's like done. It's already done. You did the stress before you left for the vacation or the trip so that once you get there, you can kind of just go and cruise and roll. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so what is your number one beauty tip? My number one beauty tip is... I think getting dressed every day is super important, um, especially when you work from home. I think sometimes we can get like stuck in this rut where it's like you're just rolling out of bed, you have your sweatpants on, you're tired. You know, I think getting dressed, putting on a little bit of makeup, or at least washing your face before you walk out the door is really important. I think when you take care of your 
outward appearance. I think your inward appearance kind of reflects that. You just feel better about the day to take a hold of the day. Like you're not afraid to see someone at the grocery store. And listen, mm-hmm. all those days we do end up in the sweats. I get it. Like I do. I can't believe me as a mom. I totally get it. But I think that, you know, just taking those that half hour to like wash your face, maybe put some tinted moisturizer on and put some normal clothes on makes a really big difference. Yeah. How do you kind and of I do have another one as a yeah almost 42 year old and everyone says this but it's sunscreen I mean for for real every day I mean I could have like avoided so many little you know age spots on my face from that um Mm -hmm. when I was a kid no more sunscreen it wasn't my mom would like lay out in baby oil so (laughs) for me I didn't start wearing sunscreen until I was in like my 30s um no tanning beds and sunscreen so that would probably be my other one and that's so typical but knowing what we know now if you're not wearing sunscreen you're crazy (laughs) yeah no it's definitely a big thing right now I know when I was like a teenager, I would tan in the beds and. Right, me you know, too. I wish I didn't. Yeah. You do. You eventually do when you think in your late twenties, you're like, oh, I'll never get wrinkles or have a sunspot or, well, guess mm-hmm. what? You will. <laughs> so, do you have a favorite sunscreen that you? Um, I, there's something that, a product that I really love. It's by Supergoop. It's like a misting spray. Mm-hmm. So I always put a 50 on my face. It's in my foundation. I also mix a little bit, um, of Obagi, uh, sunscreen that I, that I use regularly, but the mist is really nice because you can put a little bit of makeup on and take it to the pool with you. It's like a setting mist. So mm-hmm. you don't have to like rub it in your face. Mm-hmm. So you can just spray it across. I use it religiously at the pool. I'll use it you know, it's a mist, so you can use it six, seven, eight times, whatever, it kind of resets your makeup, but also gives you that extra coverage, so. Yeah. What, um, you said your foundation has, um, SPF in yes. it? What foundation yeah, is the, it? Uh, it's the CC cream by, um, gosh, no, I'm going to forget the name of it. Um, it's like all the rage. Everybody uses it. Is it It Cosmetics? What was that? Is it It Cosmetics? Yes, that's it. Yes, okay. yes. It that's what I use. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I love that. It gives, yeah. you, it gives you good coverage. And it's got, I think it's got a 50 or a 30 or 40. It's got enough in it that yeah. that's good. So. Yeah. Well, and actually makes your skin better, I noticed. It so, does. Of course. It does. I love it. It's a great product. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's go on to your number one life tip. So my number one life tip. So I kind of have one that's, like, directed more towards moms. And um, I have probably one for younger people, too, that I would say, too, as well. But having a life after children is extraordinarily important for women. I think we get kind of wrapped up in mothering that we kind of lose a little bit of ourself in the process. And um, I'm super big on advocating for women to not have their entire life be about their children. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously children are, you have to focus on them obviously, but um, I think my biggest life hack is making the time to see girlfriends, to get to the gym, to go to dinner, to spend time with your husband or your significant other, it's super important. You lose your identity if you if you don't. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for making sure you don't just make, like, motherhood's your whole identity? Yeah, I think part of that is having your, your spouse or significant other if involved if they're around, because I, I find a lot with even my own friends and, mm-hmm. and their children that 
I can't go away. My husband, you know, he just can't handle it. Um, he's a parent, so <laughs> he should be able to handle it. No, yeah. he's not babysitting. That's his child. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so I think kind of starting out from, right from the beginning with a common understanding with your spouse or significant other to for them to know that you're going to make time for yourself is a huge step in the right direction. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times we just go into this having children very blindly and having those conversations prior to kids makes it easier. It really does. I mean, you just have to make the time. Yeah. I, I'm not a mom, but my last, I guess, office job that I had, I feel like my whole, that was kind of like my whole identity. And then yeah. once I wasn't there anymore, I was like, oh my God, like, who am I now? So I think right. that's kind of similar. It's very relatable. For like mm-hmm. a young person, that's totally relatable. Yeah. So what was your tip for um, younger people? Hey, do you have an incredible biz, but you just can't seem to attract the right people online? What if your social presence brought in consistent leads and automatically got them to buy your products, even while you slept? If this sounds like a dream, then you have to get on the waitlist for my online course, The Digital Academy of Social Media. I'll teach you everything you need to know to not only be taken seriously online, but to continuously have sales without you having to lift a finger. You'll learn how to spend less time online while increasing your presence, sales, and overall biz and brand. Click the link in the show notes to get on the waitlist. We only take so many students in each round, so sign up now. Back to the show. Younger people. Younger people, this is a good one. So, um, relationships, because, and mostly really towards women, um, and this is like my favorite saying, or think that I tell young people, or especially young women um, that are dating, and they're questioning whether the guy likes them, he's not texting back. So my thing about that is that men are like biologically, naturally, they're hunters. So if a guy disappears for three days, he's just not that into you. They don't do that. Men that are really into you Mm -hmm. don't ignore you for three days. Right. They just don't. They just don't, period. There's no exceptions. I mean, unless someone passes away in their family, obviously, there are a few exceptions, but very, mm-hmm. very, very few. Yeah. I think a big thing I with that. I will just daughter that all the time. Yeah. A lot of times you really like a guy, so you kind of don't want to believe that they don't like you that much. Right. <laughs> but the, the thing with that, I always say this to my daughter and her friends, is like, you, you know it, you just don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I know even when I started dating my husband, he would have, you know, climbed Mount Everest to get it, you know, to see me. Yeah. So if a guy's just not simply returning a text or a phone call, now we lived in a different world. We didn't even have cell phones. <laughs> but, um, but like, especially nowadays, like there's just a text message takes 10 seconds. It right. takes 10 seconds to say, hey, babe, super busy at work. Um, I'll touch base with you later tonight or tomorrow when I get a minute to breathe. You know, yeah. so that's my biggest tip, especially for young women, because I feel like a lot of young women are settling in relationships that just really aren't showcasing their worth I mm-hmm. mean you're worth more than someone that doesn't text you back for three days right yeah definitely um so final one of the tips um what is your number one wellness tip so this is kind of cliche too but um <laughs> movement exercise working out it is the key to life I swear it keeps me sane mm-hmm. <laughs> it keeps me you know fit it it is everything to me um I been traveling a lot with logging now and I wasn't exercising as much and I can feel it like I can feel like my body saying like it's time to get back at it let's go 
people underestimate the power of working out. Um, the diet, of course, is super important too. But even if you don't change anything about your diet, if you just work out, mm-hmm. it can change your life. Literally change yeah. your life. What are some of your favorite workouts? So I'm actually a cycle and bar instructor. So I love both of those workouts. I love, love, love bar for everyone from 12 to 95 because it's mm-hmm. low impact, um, lightweights. Um, you know, people with knee issues or back, you know, everyone can kind of do it at their own, you know, with their own modifications and cycling is just like running, but better. (laughs) I hate running. I'm not, are you a runner? No, 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 absolutely not. I hate running. I love it, but I love cycling. Um, just that good cardio burn. You leave there, you've got that like runners slash cycling high. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it. I do. I love it. And I think if you don't work out and you start, I always tell people commit to 90 days, like come hell or high water, you are going to the gym. You don't do every day, but I'm saying set a standard for yourself three days a week, whatever, and make it like a date with the president or the Pope or Gandhi, whoever is like (laughs) of importance in your life that you wouldn't miss a date for Mm -hmm. and run with that because you will always have an excuse not to work out. You have to make it a priority. Right. And in 90 days, you'll feel like, you'll feel like a new person and you will be addicted to it. You won't want to give it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a big thing is just finding workouts that you like versus like yes. I'm going to do CrossFit because everyone's doing CrossFit. <laughs> that is very, very true. We always have these like fitness trends that people follow. Yeah. And um, while those are great because it does get some people into it, you do have to find kind of like what your thing is. I actually was a CrossFitter and stopped. Really? Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I don't like running. I'd already said that like six times. <laughs> me either. cycling so, um, <laughs> is a good alternative for me. So mm-hmm. yeah, find what you love and stick with it. If yoga is your thing, do yoga, do hot yoga, do, you know, flowy yoga, do, do what works for you. Yeah. I think one of my kind of tips on finding what workout you like is think about when you were a kid or a teenager and what you enjoyed. Like when I was... Right. When I was a teenager, I was in dance and like I loved it. So cycle is kind of similar to that because it's like in a group, it's high energy, it's a lot of music. So if you can find something that is similar to what you liked when you're young, I feel like you'll probably like that word. You'll probably love bar too if you don't do bar. I love bar too. I like bar Pilates. (laughs) Yeah, bar is is good stuff. I love it. I I love it. It's it creates those like long lean muscles that everybody wants mm-hmm. and it works all the teeny tiny muscles that those super heavy weights aren't going to get to. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good workout. Yeah. Um, so on your blog, 40 young, um, you mentioned that there's something we can learn from everyone. And I really like that concept. Yes. Can you talk a yes. little bit about that and what makes you say that? Yeah. So, um, so like I said earlier, I had my daughter when I was 18. So when she went away to college, I was only 36 years old. So um, I met all of her roommates and her friends and, you know, everybody always talks about how young people are this and young people are that and everything. Um, But uh, I instantly had a connection with those girls um, because they kind of looked up to me because I wasn't like an old parent. Mm -hmm. And um, I learned a lot from them. Like I I feel like I learn about new ideas from them, Um, obviously social media. They give me a lot of energy because they're young and they're youthful and they're like full of life and like full of like excitement for what lies ahead and um it's nice to take that from them and for me to be able to give my life advice to them so that's a small part of it Mm -hmm. and also I think younger and even older women than me they have experience in things that I don't have an experience in so I actually just wrote a whole blog post about you know kind of having girlfriends of all ages like 
when you're younger, mm-hmm. you know, having some older friends, then once you become that older person, having having those friends that are younger and older, it just gives you a really good perspective. And I, I feel like especially among women, we're, we're kind of like in this tribe and I love it. I just wish there was more interaction between, you know, the ages. You think it's important to build a support system of women? Yes, absolutely. Um, so how do you, what are some tips on kind of how to find those women and how to build that? Yeah, so I'm really involved in my community, like with teaching and, you know, my kids' friends, parents, that kind of thing. So that's how I've met most of my, like, local girlfriends. I've been really blessed that I've had girlfriends since I was in kindergarten that still are local that I still see and have friends with. If you move to a new area and you're looking for people, I think, again, the gym. (laughs) I hate to keep saying it, but, you know, the gym is a great place to meet other women. I also think the biggest thing when making connections with women is – if you want good friends, you have to be a good friend. And I think some of that gets a little lost. Um, people are always looking like, what can you do for me? What kind of friend are you always there for me when I need you? But mm-hmm. I think sometimes people need to look a little bit internally and say, if I'm a good friend, I'm going to attract good friends. Right. And I think that's really the key to building friendships with women and being non-judgmental for sure. I mean, Talking with a girlfriend that just listens, even if you don't agree with what that other person is saying, but you have empathy and try to understand where they're coming from mm-hmm. is a game changer. Yeah. Um, do you have any other tips on kind of how to be a good friend? How to be a good friend. Um, <laughs> yes, I do. Um, like I said, I think being empathetic and being understanding and having mm-hmm. compassion for someone is, is super important, especially among women where sometimes I feel like we're like pitted against each other in this like bizarre competition that I just don't understand. Um, I also think being there for someone, just being there, a shoulder to cry on, a friend to vent to, we all need those people in our life. Um, yeah. And being that person makes that other person want to be that for you. Being supportive of their jobs, their careers, their family life, the whole deal. It's It kind of is all encompassing of just being that person that is there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of mentioned how a lot of times women are kind of pitted against each other. And yeah. I think part of what can help someone not kind of have that mindset is when someone's comfortable in their own skin. For sure. So I know you talk a lot about that. So I want to see if you had yes. any tips on how someone can become comfortable in their own skin. Yeah, I think, like, with the pinning each other, I think a lot of times, like I said, it's almost like a competition or something. Mm-hmm. You see this a lot with, like, the mommy wars, you know, the working moms versus the stay-at-home moms <laughs> and, you know, that kind of thing. And I, I don't get it at all because being a mom in general is the hardest job on the planet, regardless if you stay home or don't stay home. It's all exhausting and tiring and all that. Uh, being more comfortable in your skin, you know, we're filled with like these pictures of beautiful people and, you know, airbrushed and edited. Of course we all do it. Like I will readily admit that I do it. Um, mm-hmm. I try to keep it like a little under wraps so that it's not out of control. But um, I think just being reminded that like these perfect lives that are curated on Instagram, they're really not perfect. And I do try to like touch on this on my on my blog and on my Instagram that um, I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect in my behaviors and the way I look and everything else. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think just keeping that in mind builds your self-esteem as far as like, look at that picture, appreciate it, think that person's beautiful, but know that like there's a whole team of people behind them making them look that way and that you're great just the way you are. I mean, I know that sounds super like corny, but you know, you have to find your strengths and know like what you're really good at and focus on those things instead of saying like, oh, well, so-and-so 
you know, look at that hair. She has amazing hair. Well, you have amazing eyes and Mm -hmm. your legs are great or whatever. Or you have like this like giving spirit that never stops. Like we all have our positives. And if we focus more on those instead of outwardly looking at what other people have or what we desire or want, you'll just be in a better place. How do you, how did you kind of come to that conclusion or like how did, were you always like comfortable in your own skin or? Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, I do think some of it really is age. I have to say, like, I really do think that it is. Um, I was super insecure in my twenties, very insecure. Um, and I had children, gained a lot of weight, got super insecure again, and then around 35-ish, like, the light bulb went off. So I think part of my mission is, like, have that light bulb go off in your 20s. Like, you don't mm-hmm. need to wait until you're 35 or 40 to, to feel comfortable in your own skin. I mm-hmm. think the earlier you can grasp it, the, the better, obviously. And, I mean, sometimes it does take going to counseling or seeking outside help for that. Um, I think people in their 20s and 30s now are, are really blessed with a lot of positive social media as well on Instagram as far as, like, you know, the, um, the posts that people write nowadays, they are more, um, self-love, which I love. It's great. It's amazing. So there is, I feel like there's a good balance there. There's becoming, I should say there's becoming a better balance there, Mm -hmm. um, to be more accepting of yourself. Um, I would hope for everyone that they would do it before they're 35. Yeah. (laughs) For me, it took a lot of soul searching and it took a lot of, um, kind of, really digging deep like where are these feelings really coming from and exploring them and then letting it out like just letting it go and I hope for most people it's not 35 like I said but Mm -hmm. sometimes you've got to put in the work for a while and it happens that way but yeah uh, once you're there you're there and then you know you you just don't care anymore about that stuff Mm -hmm. yeah I think that kind of I know a lot of of my clients that I talk to on social for social media they say that they're scared to post themselves or post photos because they don't feel confident. Right. So I don't it's think hard. that's it's it. It's hard to overcome. I mean, even mm-hmm. now, like when I do shoot sometimes, I'm like, is my hair okay? Is this okay? Is that okay? But then I like take a deep breath and I'm like, but this is who I am. Like even right now, like being on this recording, I'm like, oh, my face is a little shiny. I can see some of my age spots. Like <laughs> it's kind of like. I don't see any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But this reality like this is what I look like in real life right it kind of like I kind of get a little weirded out when people do super editing on their pictures and then like I meet them and I'm like you don't even look like the same person Mm -hmm. like what what is that is that making that person is does that make you feel better like that would make me feel like I was kind of like a fraud in a way yeah yeah I I love when I meet people in person that I've met online and they're exactly the same right and actually, sometimes when I meet people in person, I'm like, you're even more beautiful than I thought, either, either because I'm interacting with you or because you just are a, a real person like me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that kind of goes back to what you mentioned at the beginning about being authentic, right? being so important. Yes. And I do, I do say, I always like preface that with saying like, there is always going to be a little editing involved in Instagram <laughs> because it is a visually aesthetic platform. So right. Like, you have to keep that in mind because you are kind of selling someone if you're using it for business you are selling them on your life and your style and all that stuff so there's mm-hmm. always going to be a little bit of that and I don't want to like totally be like oh never edit a picture ever again mm-hmm. because I don't really think that fits with the aesthetic of Instagram yeah um, 
But I think just being honest about it is enough. Like I said this on another um, podcast, I said something like, listen, everybody, every mm-hmm. blogger on the face of the planet alters their photos, period. Like, I don't know, I don't, at least I don't know any that are mm-hmm. just like all out in their glory. I think if you watch their stories, <laughs> you'll see that. But I think on their actual page, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just the way that it is. And you yeah. have to know that being a viewer on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think that's really where stories come in to show exactly your real, real self. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. Like, I'm sometimes I'm in bed, I'm just like taking a video. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I just woke up, you know, and that's that's where the real stuff is. And I think that's why more people are gravitating towards stories. I get more views on my story than I get likes on my posts now. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> like way more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's crazy. I don't. I mean, I don't know how you are when you go on Instagram, but. I go through pretty much all the stories of the people that I'm interested in, and then I don't yeah. even scroll anymore. Yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> I mean, I really am, because I want to see what people are doing day-to-day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then if I see a story that says, like, oh, hey, check out my new post, I'll click on it, I'll go to their post, I'll like it, I'll comment, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but stories are definitely a huge trend on Instagram, because I think it is more authentic. Yeah. Do you um, use Instagram um, IGTV? I'm not used to yet. No. <laughs> yeah, it's on my it's on my agenda. It's on my agenda. I just like launched my YouTube channel, which I'm gonna be like mm. releasing a series of fitness videos on soon. So IGTV is the next big step. Yeah. Um, I haven't said it yet. I'm getting yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I haven't yet, but I've heard that it can definitely help people grow pretty quickly. Yes, I there's a um, there's actually another blogger I follow that's um, she's actually a 50 plus blogger. She is mm-hmm. gorgeous. She is fun. She is like youthful. I, I I'm obsessed with her. Um, Who is it? Samantha. I wish I, her <laughs> name is Samantha. I wish I could remember her like her <laughs> Instagram name. But um, she uses them all the time, and she gets tons and tons and tons of views. She does makeup tutorials. Like so, if you are over 40, there is a market out there for mm-hmm. women that are like over 40 and still like care about the way we look and the way we dress and that we want to be youthful. Like it's okay to want those things after 40. Like yeah. it's okay to want to be youthful. Um, I, I don't believe in like, or I don't personally like doing like severe plastic surgery to your face or anything like that. But like, I still am youthful. I feel young. I'm going to be 42. I literally feel 26. Like I have energy. I, I, I love clothes. I love fashion. I love hair. I love all those things still. Like you mm-hmm. don't have to be 40 plus and dress like, you know, you know, in mom jeans from Saturday Night Live. Like, about <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, do you follow Shalene Johnson? I don't think I do. No, I feel like you would really like her. Okay, I'll have to check her out. Celine, like Shalene, C H A L E N E. Okay, I'll have to look her um, up. Yeah, I love, she... I love following other women my age that are trying to do this whole, you know, Instagram blogging thing because I think, like I said, I think the market's just really underrepresented. It uh, underrepresented, and I think. For me, I think Instagram, older people are starting to, to navigate there. So, mm-hmm. like, I think there is, you know, if you are in, like, the over 35, over 40 crowd and you want to get into vlogging, and now is the time to get in because I do think the older people that are, you know, on Facebook are migrating towards Instagram. So, now is the time. Do it now. And I think Gary yeah. Vee actually has a video about that, to be honest. Who does? Gary V. Oh, I love guys. I think he actually did a, did a video about that. Yeah, I'm sure he did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-uh. Like, now's the time. Do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of wish I jumped on it sooner because yeah, I know it used too. to be so I, easy to grow. Yeah. It, I mean, I hemmed and hauled about it for so long, and 
just just go for it. If it's really something you're passionate about, just just do it. Just mm-hmm. do it. That's all the questions that I have. Um, where can people find you? Um, where can they work with you? So my website is www.40young.com. So all my information is on there. Um, all my social media platforms are on there. I'm pretty much 40 Young across the board on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an email that you can little email icon you can click and send me an email if you want to on my website. Um, and obviously I'm 40 Young on Instagram and Facebook and all those others. So that's that's the best way to get in touch with me. DM me. I'm really I'm really friendly. I'm really like <laughs> I love when people reach out to me and ask me questions or need advice or whatever. I'm I'm all about it. So. Is there anything um, you're currently offering or that? Um, I'm um, getting more podcasts under my mm-hmm. belt. I love those. I love doing them. Uh, okay. So that's what I'm seeking out right now is to do mm-hmm. more podcasts just to get some more exposure. And um, I'm always up for collaborations. Um, you know, it just depends on the product project. I'm soon going to be um, – doing a pilot with some people for a reality TV show. So I'm super excited about that. Yes, here locally in my little small town in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Um, So I'm super excited about that. I've got a lot of stuff in the works, lots of um, food and travel stuff coming up too. So super excited for it all. It's really, it's moving really quickly right now. So I'm not stop working. It's exciting. (laughs) Is there any other tips or things that you want my listeners to know that you think is... Let me think. <laughs> um, okay, here's a tip, really quick one about marriage. Because <laughs> I've been married for 17 years, so this is a really good tip. And I think this goes for men and women. And I wrote this in another blog post, actually, too, about marriage and being married and what it really takes. And this is a big one. I think a lot of times people today focus on marrying your best friend and, you know, all, all those things. And all those things are super important. But I have a lot of best friends. I think that. If you're walking down the aisle to get married or if you envision yourself and you don't look at that person at the other end with hearts in your eyes, you are not marrying the right person. You mm. need to have passion in a relationship. And I know this is like totally off topic, but it's necessary to survive marriage. Do you ever, I don't know this might be too personal, but does the passion ever leave? Like, do you have to work on it or? You have to remember that it kind of like, it's like, rolling hills mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but you have to still have it inherently like there's some days I look at my husband and I'm like seriously I want to punch you right in the nose <laughs> and then other, you know, it's, I mean this is real life like I'm just being real mm-hmm. and then other times I look at him and I'm like I just want to make out with your face right now and you have to have that you yeah just have to have it however you can keep it alive you need to do it especially after kids but mm. but if it's not there from the beginning yeah you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a rough road do you have any tips on keeping it alive? Or? Yes, spending time together after kids especially. It's easy to spend time together when you when you have no kids and you're both just kind of working. Oh, hey, let's meet for happy hour. Hey, let's, you know, go to the movies tonight. And you, you just have to make the time. I mean, and mm-hmm. people say, well, I can't. Yes, you can. You have to prioritize. And your marriage yeah. should always be a priority. A date night. Take a vacation once a year where you leave the kids behind and the two of you just go away. And you stay out late and drink too much and have some fun. Like, you got to have fun together. you got to keep it alive or you, you're, you're doomed, truly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, being 42, I see it all the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I kind of think with the passion thing, that kind of goes with everything. Like, if, it you're, does. if you're not passionate about your career, like, what are you doing? It's dead in the water. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Definitely. 
Um, I could do a whole podcast just on that. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. Is there any additional tips that you want people to know? I think that's it. Off the top of my head, for sure. Um, Just, it's so cliche. Live your best life. Like, this is Mm -hmm. it. I mean, this isn't a dress rehearsal. You get one go around in here, in this this world. You know, if you're lucky, you get 80, 90 years, and then you're gone. And, and, you know, if, if if you're... dreaming about something you're passionate about something take the plunge and just do it mm-hmm. you don't get a second chance at this life like well no matter what your parents think or your spouse thinks or your kids think like you you sometimes just have to follow your own heart and know that like where you're coming from is a good place and follow it yeah just do it yeah I, I love sound like nice just do it just do it, just do it. <laughs> I love the advice of starting messy because yeah a lot of times I hear people say like oh well I want to do this but I'm not ready or I used to do it a lot right. that I was like, well, I want to launch my podcast and blog like after I like get to this weight, but it's like, you forever. you're just never going to do it. <laughs> the timing is never good. The timing is never perfect. You just mm-hmm. have to kind of take the plunge. Right. Right. Um, so this is my last question. I ask it to every guest. What does being pretty AF mean to you? Okay, so pretty AF to me means... For me personally, I think it's about being pretty on the inside and feeling good about yourself and having good intentions when it comes to people. And I think that will exude out of you externally, Mm -hmm. meaning the way you look isn't that important in the grand scheme of life. I think everyone should always look their best and feel their best, but I think internally is what really matters. And when you feel good about yourself and when you feel about what's good inside of you, you will be more beautiful and more pretty AF. Wow, Kelly really brought the value on this episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for anything we mentioned. Thank you so much for being on the show, Kelly. Thank you for taking this time for yourself to get one step closer to a life you love. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left me a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening on. Tell me what you want to hear more of or your favorite parts of the episode. Until next time, I'm Ozzy Maslow. Lots of love. And don't forget, you're pretty AF.